1: Welcome inside episode 468
0: of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba, alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains. And just when we thought there was a Sens game on the horizon, oh no, the
1: NHL had other ideas. Ross, I'm running out of ways to talk about postponed games. We actually thought we were going to have a game preview today. We were talking earlier. This is going to be a fun show. Lots of good topics and we can get into sense hockey. Yeah, that's not happening. Unbelievable. It is unbelievable. That's now 11 postponed games.
0: Could be another one on the horizon. We'll give you some more information on that. But we're not letting that Keep us down heading into the weekend. We do have fun topics to get into. Tyler Boucher skated with the Belleville Senators yesterday for the first time. What's next for him? We know what's next for Philippe Some Somewhat of a surprise for the Sens' sixth round pick in 2020. And Pierre Dorian was on TSN 1200 yesterday and let us in on a few state secrets. We'll get into all that and more. This is the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team Every day. Today is Friday, January 7th at Pilsy. I could have sworn I heard Bill Daly. I watched him say that this game was going to go on Saturday. Sends at Canucks and then we wake up this morning to the news that that's no longer the case.
1: It's crazy how quickly they changed that. And I was under the impression that There's no more room to postpone games. Like, we haven't even heard of new scheduled times for the previous postponed games, let alone these up-and-coming ones. Like, it's starting to look like they're going to have to do uh, what they did with Vancouver and Calgary last year, where there's going to be regular seasons going on during the playoffs. And it's turning into a complete gong show here. Like, imagine being the players getting ready, geared up, and you're like, "Ah, actually, no, your your game tomorrow is not going to happen.
0: What? And they have to, and they're, they were planning on flying yeah. across the country today. And now the flight will be going to Edmonton instead. And they're planning on practicing in Ottawa now. So there is a silver lining. I'm going to get to that. But to your point, like, how many more can we do here? So we're pulling up on YouTube the full list of senators postponed. Ross had to games. break
1: his graphic down. There's so yes. many different postponed games here.
0: 11 in total, 8 on home ice, and now you've got 3 on the road. The one thing I will say about the road games, it was going to be hard to go to Seattle for one game later this season. So at least now you're going Seattle-Vancouver at some point. But that doesn't take away the sting from what is now 20 days with one game. And even that game, you got to think, like if you're going to postpone all the other ones for a competitive standpoint, The Senators were ravaged through COVID, and now guys are back. Now this would be a team that could compete, but they go in and give the Leafs a free spot on the bingo card last Saturday with a 6-0 beatdown on home ice. So, yeah, say what you want. The Leafs had a little bit longer of a layoff, but they also were getting Mitch Marner back, other guys back in the lineup that were going to be able to contribute. So I just think that is an absolute goofy move from the NHL standpoint. And You think – okay, it's a Hockey Night in Canada game. That's why they stayed that game in Toronto. But tomorrow night's supposed to be Hockey Night in Canada. So it just shows there's there's no rhyme or reason is what I'm getting at here.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, okay, I understand the point. Like, okay, going all the way to Seattle for a one-off game and then traveling somewhere else, that doesn't make a lot of sense in today's day and age, sure. But they knew they were postponing the Seattle game so long ago. So, like... What happened? Somebody like piped up in a boardroom, like, "Oh, actually, like, do we think about this yesterday? Like, how was this not thought of when they did the Seattle game?" I, I just, I, I don't understand uh, the process here. And yeah, like February is going to be an insane month, and the Senators struggle to stay healthy at the best of times, right? Like, think of just just recent uh, time with injuries and obviously COVID uh, involved there too, but this team is going to struggle when they have to play weeks of four games in every week, like back to back to back. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be ridiculous. And it's not fair for these young guys that this is how they're introduced to the NHL. And they're not given a proper con- competitive balance. Like, I don't know. It's just, like the league just hates sense fans. Like this is absolutely ridiculous.
0: Yes, they do. And when I look, I'm trying to find a most updated because things are changing so fast, but What I'm seeing is that BC still has 50% capacity. So they should still be able to have 9,000 people in that building. There were zero people in the game in Toronto. (laughs) I mean, like at some point, you just have to shake your head. Now, we know Alberta is the Texas of Canada. We know they're going to be going full, steady, steam ahead. So in all likelihood... And I'm not going to guarantee it. You you crossed your fingers when you said we had a game to preview. Yeah, I didn't
1: guarantee it, so. I made clear that was not a guarantee.
0: Yeah, so I'm not going to guarantee either. But I think in all likelihood, the Sens will be going to Alberta, play the two games. And then I think that game in Winnipeg's postponed as well. But silver lining time, Pilsey. if that game happened in Winnipeg, there wouldn't have been fans. So hopefully you and I can still get to that Winnipeg game later on in the year. And it just means... We get an extra 24 hours in Grand Forks to see our boy, Jake Sanderson, who we're going to have a great note on later in the show. So we're building up the positivity slow and steady through today's LOSP.
1: Yeah, well, Ross, you know me. I'm just looking for an excuse to get out to Winnipeg again. So that's uh, that's perfect, especially in the summertime. Winnipeg 100%. in the summer, because the Sens are going to be playing this game in May. Like, in- I hope you realize <laughs> that. Like, this isn't. We're not talking March, April, spring. No, it's going to be summer. I'm bringing my swim shorts, and we're going swimming while watching the Ottawa Senators game. This is going to be ridiculous. I get mean, get
0: ready for 15 hours <laughs> of sun, too, man. The sun goes up here in the summer at like 5:30, and it's up Beautiful. until 10 p.m. So get. ready ready for all that later on in the year, but man, this is so disappointing. We haven't even touched on the senators getting seven players back from COVID protocol. Oh yeah. Those seven guys missed the Toronto game or most of them. I think they added a couple afterwards, but it's just a complete up and down situation, but senators lines do look good. And that's what I think makes fans even more upset that this game is postponed. That is an NHL ready lineup. I would say for what we would have seen against Vancouver in a complete sicko game. Like this had the potential to bring back the vibes from last season where the yep. senders would go in and beat up on these great teams. Like the Canucks are eight Oh and one under Bruce Boudreau. This was the time for sickos to strike.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Maybe get Boudreau fired real quick from a loss from the Sens here, but, <laughs> and also um, it's exciting too. I, there's been so much talk with the Edmund Oilers and turmoil. I saw a quote. I forget who who said it. I can't. Yeah, it's quote not twelve hundred. Yeah, they were saying if Edmonton loses this game to Ottawa, like they're they're done. So like that again is perfect sicko timeline. And at, hopefully, again, I'm crossing my fingers here for people that can't see me. Hopefully, that game happens because we need that.
0: Now the Lions: Norris, Kachuk, Batherson, Stutzla Formantin, Connor Brown. They've really mm. kept some familiarity now with that stutzla Formantin, Connor Brown line. The third. Don't call it the fourth line because Austin Watson sent the assistant equipment manager on the charter to this road trip. That was a great video yesterday. Check it out. Claire Hanna from TSN tweeted that out. So Gambrell with Sanford and Watson in the fourth line, Tierney, Paul, and Ennis on defense. Great to see Thomas Shabbat back in his usual spot atop the left side. He's playing with Artem Zub. And we'll get to a note on Zub's former teammates later in this show as well. Then Nick Holden with Eric Brandstrom continuing to play the right side. And then Mete with Josh Brown, who looks poised to return from injury in goal, Gustafson and Matt Murray at practice. Lots of guys extra at this practice as well because they are utilizing the taxi squad. The taxi squad right now is Clark Bishop, Scott Sabarin, and JBD. You've got Hetherington and Gaudette in the mix as well. Pilsy, I want to focus in quickly on Eric Brandstrom though. Could DJ Smith be changing
1: his tune? Could we see Eric Branstrom play on the right side? I mean, it does seem that way. And like we talked about earlier, if Victor Mette has done anything for this franchise, it's paving the way for that to be an option at least. So that's that's exciting. And I mean, if you're going to put him with anyone other than Zub, I, I like that he's Holden. I think that's... Uh, that's your best-case scenario there. Not saying too much based on uh, his other options, Delzato, uh, Brown, and Mete, even though Delzato's sent back down to Belleville. Yes. But quick quick note on uh, Shabbat, too. Cla- like, this guy is just addicted to ice time. On the practice ice, the Zamboni is still cleaning the ice, and Shabbat is out there skating on just the fresh, uh, clean parts of the ice. Like, that is just classic. Like, you cannot get Shabbat off the ice. I love it,
0: whether it's practice or game. Yeah, that is so great to see Tom Shabbat back with his teammates. So and he'll have a little extra practice time now because the Senators, <laughs> of course, with their game postponed in Vancouver, their next game in Edmonton on the 10th, so on Monday. And then they've got two extra days off, which I'm sure they'll need in Alberta to get prepared for the Calgary Flames that game going on the 13th. So Monday and Thursday, the two likely games this upcoming week. And we still don't know about Winnipeg on Saturday, the 15th. And then the good news is after the 18th, which I assume will be postponed again, was supposed to be Craig Anderson's return to Ottawa, but he's injured as well. So you wouldn't have had that as a possibility. The senators embark on a three game road trip through the United States of America. So you can expect those games to go on without a hitch. It's been a long time. It's been almost three weeks since the Senators scored a goal. We talked about it yesterday. People had fun with that trivia, Pilsy. And before we get to Pierre Dorian, which I did find very interesting, a few topics he got into with Graham Creech and Steve Lloyd on TSN 1200, we got to wish a happy birthday as a goalie-friendly show to Yanni Erme, one of my favorites growing up. Honestly, this guy who came in, finished keeper, he was the goalie actually for Finland, in the Olympics in Salt Lake City. So great to see some Sens gear out there for him. But he was just a steady backup for mm-hmm. Patty Laleem. Great gear, great tendy
1: Oh, yeah. That's one of those guys you look back at and you're like, I miss when hockey was like this. Like when guys looked like that. And uh, you had Yanni Erme out there uh, just doing everything you can for the Sens. You got to love it.
0: Man, I got to pull it up right here for everyone watching on YouTube as well. Like he had one of the all time, like, late 90s early 2000s buckets (laughs) look at that and you can almost see on the other side like it's the Senegoth logo on that side but then on the other side same design but the 2d so he had two different logos on the helmet it is as old school as it gets so we want to wish a happy 47th birthday to Yanni Herme all right Pillsy do you have a word from our friends at Built Bar before we talk about Pierre Doria and get in to some news and notes from around the Sens organization
1: Oh yeah, absolutely guys. So we're all used to this. It's tough to find ways to stay active, to stay energized. Well, get outside, go snowboarding. That's what I'm doing these days. And yesterday was a perfect powder day. I didn't have time to eat breakfast, but I needed to fuel up. So I grabbed a built bar to get me ready for a day on the hill. And you can do the same because Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. You can put it in your bag, put it in your pocket, bring it in the car with you for the car ride. Wherever you go, you can bring Built Bar with you. And there's so many different amazing flavors to try from. You're going to want to bring Built Bar with you all the time. I know I do. And guys, since you're a loyal listener of the Locked On Senters podcast, we're going to hook you guys up with a promo code. So head to Built.com today. Check out all their cool flavors, cool products. There's Built Puffs, Built Bites, so many different things to choose from. And use our promo code LOCKED15. And you're going to get yourself a 15% off on your next order. you got to love it. So one more time for the people in the back. Go to Built.com today. Look at your Built Bars. Pick out your flavors. We suggest getting the mixed box to try them all. And use our promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. It's Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar.
0: All right, Pilsy. And before we get to this next segment, I just want to say a big thank you to all the fans who continue to watch and listen to Locked On Senators, even though the team is more a concept than something we watch on TV, so really appreciate that everyone following along at Send Central on Twitter, Locked On Senators on Instagram. But it was a busy day online yesterday, Pilsy, because Pierre Dorian dropped a couple bombs. We'll get into some roster notes, but to me, the most interesting thing was confirming the team's interest in KHL forward Andre Kuzmenko, the Saint Petersburg product. He's going on his fifth season in the KHL. He's 24 years old, so this guy. As He entered the league in a, at a young age. He's got one of the weirdest tape jobs. I'm going to pull up a photo for of our YouTube viewers. Weirder than Timmy? It's pretty weird. I'll let you be the judge of that a little bit later. But his numbers jump off the page, especially this year. 52 points in 42 games. Now, where I get curious, do you think Pierre Dorian would have brought this up? I guess he was asked, but the way he went into it, he seemed pretty confident. Like, they are, they have the inside track here.
1: Well, I mean, you can't blame him for being confident, right? Like, look, this is a guy who was teammates with Artem Zub, similar situation, a Russian guy, a young guy with lots of pro experience wanting to come to North America. They're from the same team. And if I'm not mistaken, they even share the same agent, Dan Milston. So this this is a situation that the Sens are used to and were successful in before, right? There was a lot of suitors for Artem Zub, and he chose to go to Ottawa for the best opportunity. And... I would argue he probably got it. Not many other teams would Artem Zub been able to carve out a top 4 role for himself that quickly. So that worked out great. I'm sure hopefully Zub is letting letting uh, Kuzmenko know about it and wouldn't this just be perfect, Ross? I looking, said
0: two top six forwards. We're Here's looking one. for
1: one of them, and this this guy, classic Russian, right? He plays on his off uh, off wing, yep. sniper style. And Ross, not only is he putting up points, this guy is a goddamn highlight machine. Like, yes, it's, I like Sens fans. This is a classic. Like, I'll be honest. First time I heard of this guy was yesterday, and I've already He's my watched. favorite player. Yeah, I love him. I feel like I'm already picturing him in a Sens jersey, and yeah, like. It would just be an amazing opportunity for the Sens, even to be one of his top three uh, suitors would be an incredible opportunity. Because if you can inject a guy like that into your lineup, now I'm I'm using Panarin as an example here, but I'm not talking about him coming to the KHL to Chicago. It's like what New York did, right? When the New York Rangers got Panarin into their lineup, like that's such a big injection. A guy that uh, already has pro experience, already is lighting it up with offensive skill. And then to get him on a second line, like this guy could probably easily be a first line player. So to have him on your second line with Tim Stutzla and Alex Formanton would be absolutely incredible. I'm I'm all in on this.
0: You know me though. I'm waiting for him to add another right winger because this guy's a right shop you mentioned it plays the offside so to me rather than move formenton over to his right side i think he'd look great with pinto on the third line and then you could really start seeing some offense now here's the tape job i mentioned look at that thing he completely misses parts on his stick there which is absolutely wild. yeah Yeah, and that's
1: not black tape right like that's not the zebra the zebra weird huh i wonder why
0: i got a close-up for you here too just absolutely disgusting tape job. But you know what? Puck goes in the net.
1: That's all that matters here for Andre Kuznenko. I'm not one of those tape job guys. Like, I'm I'm not a guy that looks at a tape job and, and like, judges a person based it's on their tape job. Well, good. That, keep defensemen <laughs> on their toes. Keep goalies being like, what the hell is going on there? Next thing you know, he's already scored on you. There you go. So he played four years with
0: St. Uh, CSKA Moscow and then moved over to St. Petersburg. And sorry, I said five years in the KHL. This guy, I mean, the Longer. first two years, he barely played. 2014,
1: 2015, yeah. Yeah,
0: but he barely he played 12 games and 15 games. But then since 2016, he's been a regular and his numbers just keep improving from 15 to 25 to 31 to 33 to 37 and now 52 points. So... That's the type of trajectory you'll want to see now. He's one of those players where because he's coming over at the age he is like Kaprizov, even though Kaprizov was drafted, they signed the one year entry level contract. So this is where it's an even playing field for all teams. Nobody can pay him more than 925,000 for one year. So it's opportunity. That's going to be the main driving factor. And, Ottawa clearly has lots of that, but then you look for a big pay raise right after that first Huge. year. So dangerous yeah. in a way, but if this guy's dangerous on the ice, who cares? Then give him his give him his flowers and away you go. So hey, this is a pretty exciting name, and I think Sens fans should keep it in mind. Now, nothing will become official for a long time. Now he could sign with 31 other teams, so I'm not getting my hopes up too much, but just the fact Pierre Dorian is like planning meetings and being public. We don't negotiate through the media remember that so the fact that he's being so open about this guy it's definitely something that piqued my interest no doubt now his regular season ends february 28th then they've got playoffs after that i don't think anything would become official until march april may and don't expect him to play in the nhl until the start of next season but definitely something of note what else stood out from you with pierre dorian's media
1: availability yesterday I mean, honestly, that kind of fully grabbed my attention. Like, that was just such a big bomb to drop. And like you said, like, Pierre Dorian, not a guy that likes to, like, tip his hat to the media. I mean, I think his famous words are always, we don't negotiate through the media. So, just to give Sense fans this bone to kind of be happy about and have some positivity to lean on, that that was my biggest takeaway for sure couple
0: other notes. One we'll get into afterwards with Tyler Boucher, but with the goaltenders doesn't seem like they're going to make any sort of decisions coming up. They do have a spot on the taxi squad available for when Anton Forsberg gets back. His symptoms with COVID, I think worse than, or at least longer than most of the other players. So instead of the reduced five day quarantine, he is going to stay on for the whole 10 days. So they have not activated him. Everyone else pretty much is off the COVID list, but This is another opportunity. You got to think they split the games. I know Gus played great against uh, Calgary last season, especially. And he's probably wanting to make up for that game that we don't talk about. But when it comes to Matt Murray, I don't think anybody played well against Edmonton last year. 0-9 against the Oilers. Brutal. Do you throw him back in the fire again after another long layoff? Like It's not fair to Matt Murray, but he's the number one goalie by default with his salary.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good point. He probably has PTSD from uh, being at Rogers Arena. Yeah, no, get Gus in there. I mean, like, Gus needs to play. Like, it's insane how long your top goalie prospect is going without playing. Like, that's that's unheard of. The guy that's you in protected the in the expansion draft. It was the, the Islanders, Islanders, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, like, wow. holy crap. So, I, Gus has got to get in there. It's got. He's be played Gus. twice since the start of December. Yeah.
0: <laughs> And he's played four games since November thirteenth. That win against Pittsburgh. Remember that win against Pittsburgh so long ago where yeah. Drake Batherson had had his four point night? That's uh he's played four games since. Lost all four of them. But uh, that's a long time to go between games. So I'm with you. I think that it's time to get Gus in, but again, like uh you gonna play Gus both those games? Like what's the deal? No, with Matt I don't Murray? think
1: I don't think you play him both those games. I think you get Murray in the next game. Yeah, c- so cause- you don't
0: care about the fact, that, like the, the history there where Gus played better against Calgary. You just throw that out the window right now?
1: Yeah, I'm throwing a, that out the window, yeah. <laughs> All right.
0: Well, hey, if, uh, if it's Matt Murray... I'm Marie throwing against- a
1: lot of things out the window here, Ross.
0: I know. <laughs> I want to throw my laptop out the window <laughs> right now, honestly. But one thing I might do, and this could be a reverse jinx, but if it's Matt Murray against the Oilers... I'm going to betonline.ag and I am hammering the over in that game. I promise you that if you've seen the Oilers goaltending as well, you yeah. know why, but bet online is where I'll do that because betonline is the number one sports book, the only sports book of the locked on podcast network. And they want to hook our listeners up with a promo code 18 plus of course. And if you're interested, go to betonline.ag and use our promo code locked on. So when you make your account, it's free to make the account you go on, and use promo code LOCKED ON for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So you put in $100, bingo, bango, bongo, that's 50 free play dollars right there that you can use to earn yourself a big payday. BetOnline.ag, it's where you get in the action. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore and use our promo code LOCKED ON for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Pillsy. So, we discussed a few topics that Pierre Dorian got into, but I was also curious to hear the plan for Tyler Boucher. We reported yesterday, well, we passed on the reporting of JF. Uh, I keep messing up his name. I feel so bad. Um, we we LeDroit just uh, <laughs> reported that Tyler Boucher is in town and he made the drive down the 401 to Belleville yesterday. He was on the ice for about 20 minutes, and he hadn't skated in three weeks. So no surprise there, Pilsey. It'll be interesting because Belleville's got a game to play tonight. He's not in the lineup, and I don't think he will play for Belleville. I don't want him to play for Belleville. But if the 67s keep getting postponed, just like us, you've got to get these guys in games.
1: Yeah, I mean, and yeah, with the Belleville thing, yeah, keep in mind, he's coming off COVID, he hasn't played in a while, so that I feel like that was a practice where it's just like, let's just get you on the ice again. Like, n- no pressure, just get on the ice, see how you do. And yeah, I'm with you. I really am against him playing games in Belleville. I just don't think he's quite ready. I don't think that team is in a good spot to... To I don't want to say shelter him, but you know what I mean, like to insulate him and to make things a little easier for him. So I don't think it's the right time for him to play in Belleville, even if Ottawa 67s don't play. Just keep practicing, keep getting that conditioning up because uh, hopefully the 67s can play soon because, yeah, I I really, truly do think he's going to thrive in that environment. So I don't want to get his confidence down even more after he's kind of probably feeling a little iffy about how things went uh, in the NCAA. So definitely just... Keep conditioning him in Belleville. It's that was a smart move. I'll tip my hat to Dorian making that paper transaction to have that available. So that's good. But yeah, I don't. For fans that are uh, excited and like, oh, maybe we'll see him in a Belleville game. I don't think that'd be a great thing. No, he was overwhelmed in the NCAA. Exactly. Hell yeah, the AHL is a step up from NCAA, and that's off. fine. Yeah, that's fine to be like that's just where he's at, and it's totally fine to be overwhelmed. There's no reason to rush him.
0: Is it a good time to point out that Cole Sillinger has one goal in his last twenty-two games? Remember the <laughs> absolute fire that that caused when Cole Sillinger had a little hot streak in his eighteen-year-old season. Hey, you know NHL. where I stand
1: on that. Yeah, I
0: know, I know. I'm just saying everybody's getting on, um, getting on the train. Cole Sillinger, twelve points now in thirty-two games. It just looks a little less grand than yeah. when he had ten points in twenty games, right? Yeah. That's all, sure. I'm, that's all I'm getting at. We're not throwing Cole Sillinger under the bus now, but he's got one goal in his last 22 games. So, all right, that's, uh, that's our 2021 draft recap for today. <laughs> but we will see. I, I don't want to see Tyler Boucher in Belleville no. at all on the ice in games, but it can't hurt to get him in some practices there. We'll see, and we can't wait for our boy Angus Kirkshank to get back to yes, practice sure. as well. We'll get an update from him on Monday right here. Unlocked On Sender. Stay tuned for that. And Carson Latteberg later in the week as well. Can't Mm -hmm. wait to get to chat with him. And and this young up-and-coming next generation of Ottawa Sender. Speaking of that next generation and the Belleville Sends, Philip Daud, who was 15 games into his AHL career. Now, there's a ton of interesting concepts with this. Especially, like, we thought he scored in his first AHL game pills. You remember in Laval? It was ultimately tipped didn't count and he now he has five assists no goals in 15 games but he's also been dealing with a nagging injury his rights in the qmjhl where he could and will go back as a 20 year old were just traded to saint john now the sea dogs thomas shabbat mike hoffman's alma mater do you call it alma mater when it's junior i don't know but they are hosting the memorial cup this year so After he might play this weekend in Belleville, but afterwards he will be reassigned to the QMJHL where he dominated last year, 28 points in 21 games. So this is a great opportunity. I think the right play for doubt.
1: Yeah, I think so as well. Like, like you just mentioned, like Belleville's not like a great insulating place for players entering pro hockey for the first time. Mind you, he did okay. Like five points, 15 games. That's not bad at all. And I don't think he was too out of place there, but, He's going to go down with some pro experience. Uh, I don't want to say a chip on his shoulder, but, you know, he's got something to work for and work towards now. And I think he's going to absolutely light it up there. And today was uh, the Sea Dog Gathering Day, Ross. Like, that team is making trades left, right, and center. So they are stacking up for a Mem Cup, which is classic junior hockey. And I'm fired up. Pierre Dorian wants winners. So let's see if uh, Felita Auz can be a Mem Cup winner. Let's go.
0: Yes. Now the other interesting note, I mentioned there were a couple that he wasn't on his entry level contract. Yes. So there's no years burned on that. He signed a one year AHL deal because he was drafted as an overager. Now he's a 20 year old. He's he better dominate the queue. Let's put it that way. This yes. guy's got 15 games of pro experience. He had over a point per game last year. Now I know he's a late bloomer, but let's go see him absolutely dominate with his new squad, the St. John Sea Dogs. So that's all, all and good but nothing's better than this. Jake Sanderson on the list of names that are, are released first reported by Brad Slossman, a guest on this show, and then confirmed by Frank Saravelli. We're going to see Jake
1: Sanderson at the Olympics, man. That's unreal. That is wild. Yeah. I, I, I still, I, I think I know where you stand on this Ross, but I'm still a little bit surprised and I'll be surprised if he goes because I don't just that looming fact that it, you could get stuck there for five weeks quarantining. Like, man, that is a that is a tough pill to swallow. Now, obviously, we hope everything goes all right. He goes there, gets a silver medal to Canada, and comes back. But if he got stuck there, that's a major issue. Because then, then that could possibly, like, that could affect how many games he plays with the Sens, no? Yeah,
0: but will it? No, no, it wouldn't. Sure. I guess, no,
1: five weeks from when the Olympics would no, end, then, wouldn't quite no, get I, there.
0: I think this was all misunderstood a little bit. It's five weeks if you continue to show symptoms. I think. Okay. They're not going to keep like if athletes test positive. It's China,
1: try. dude. I know. Yeah. So
0: all bets are off. But what I'll yeah. say is that um, the last Olympics went on with I think minimal cases. Now, are things open and is China the best spot? Those are questions that I don't know the answer to. But yeah. what I will say is that should he just go for the normal amount of time, NODAC only plays six games yeah. in the month of February. So from that standpoint, it's all good. The most important games for Jake Sanderson after the Olympics will be March 11th to 13th. That's the NCHC faceoff, And then afterwards, they get in to the NCAA tournament. So with all that, he's not missing much. Like the most important time will be weeks afterwards. He'll be re-acclimated yeah. and he could be two thirds of the way to a triple gold club, Pilsy, before the age of 20. You've got to think he's, he's got that on his mind.
1: Yeah. It's definitely pretty impressive. Something to put on the resume, but let, let me pose this question to you, Ross. Do you think obviously Jake Sanderson's development uh, doesn't need too much work here, but do you think it's better for him to play Olympic hockey up against other amateurs or is it better competition level just staying in no deck
0: um that's a tough question i'll need to see what all the rosters look like but it's probably it's, pre- it's
1: pretty close though right like if you have to think about it
0: but there's a lot there's lots of these young kids going right like owen power yeah. in all likelihood going to play for canada and who else could be on that list mason mctavish maybe so yep. i think it's going to be great and just the experience of going over there i know it's not going to be as normal as as most people or everybody would like but Just the fact of of going to play for your country in the Olympics. It just has that aura. And I think that it could only make him better. From that list of defensemen, I'm going to pull it up right now because he's easily the the top guy. Easily. Easily the top player. Now, I'm not I hyperbolically stated that he should be the captain of this team. They're going to go with someone who's older than 19 years old. (laughs) But, But I mean, hey,
1: he's already captain of a team USA. Just Bring the jerseys over. You, that's easy
0: marketing. Yes. The the more pro defenseman Stephen Campher, who played in the NHL for a while. Aaron Ness, cup of coffee in the NHL. David Warsawski. Then they've got three NCAA players right now on this long list. Now, not all are confirmed participants, but yeah. this is a fluid list. These players have been invited. Brock Faber, LA Kings yeah. prospect. We did him in our draft rankings in 2020. Drew Hellison and... Uh, And the other one is Jake Sanderson, of course. So three uh, from the KHL and three from the NCAA circuit. So I just think this is exciting. And especially like Maddie Beniers is on the list. Like I think they're going to have a young team and an exciting one at that. So I hope he goes. I, I know I said before that I didn't, but at this point now that it's right in front of us and I can see that Nodak's only playing six games in the meantime. He'll play just as many games at the Olympics. It's just wearing yeah. the red, white, and blue instead of the green, white, and black. So uh, I'm all in now. Now that I've seen it and now that I know, hey, we, are the Sins even going to be playing? Like, who knows? So I need something to keep me going. And uh, Jake Sanderson, it's going to be a huge honor for him. And uh, we were saying that we didn't think he would want
1: to go, but – It's obviously going to make the viewing experience a whole hell of a lot better with having him over there. Definitely, yeah. From a selfish standpoint, yeah, it'd be nice because then – then, well, but wait, Ross, are we going to be getting up for uh, primetime Beijing uh, oh, to yeah. to watch that? I guess there's probably not postcast gonna be,
0: yeah. coming up. The the Sandy cast after
1: six thirty a.m.
0: postcast. Yes, let's absolutely get on with it. All right, if you missed any locked on senders this week, go back check them all out either on our YouTube page or wherever you download your podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, that thumbs up goes a long way. Like and subscribe as well. Um, yesterday was was great. We looked at all the future UFA and RFAs on yeah, this team, Pilsy. So that was fun to do. We're we're trying to get as much content as we can for you guys at a time where the Ottawa Senators simply do not play games.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's it. It it is wild how long this has gone on. And just it seems like it seems like we're right ready to turn the corner and then things just get thrown in our face here so we're, we're doing the best we can we're glad uh thanks for the positive feedback we're getting some from some people saying thanks for all the content we're grinding we're doing what we can and uh, you know, go go sends go if they ever play. <laughs> we'll be back on Monday. I feel like we're saying this over and
0: over again. Hopefully, to preview a game on Monday night, There's it's some Belleville
1: games to preview.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, well, we'll recap those. I feel like or, we, uh, know, recap,
1: obviously. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. And Angus Krukshank will join the show. We'll get him to yep. recap the games because we know he's around the team, and we'll see what he thinks of his teammates' play in his absence but for today we say goodbye have a great weekend everyone for brandon pillar i'm ross levitan this has been the locked on senators podcast your team every day